Welcome to the Revel and Reveal podcast. I'm your host, Deanna Enfeld. Welcome back to another episode. It is now April. And if you're wondering who is that sexy, sultry voice that I'm listening to, don't worry, it is I. I just have really bad allergies right now because we're in a super bloom, so I apologize for the raspiness or hope you enjoy if that's what you're into. No judgment. So the theme for this month is community, and I couldn't think of a better person to talk about this than my friend Eli Vasquez. So Eli, you might know from BuzzFeed, he worked with groups like Paralike. He's also a filmmaker, a writer, a speaker, a coach. He has an online community. He really focuses on showing up in your most authentic self, speaking your truth and knowing that when you step into confidence with yourself and voice your truth, you're going to find that community. And I was lucky enough to go to his TEDx talk um, near Chicago and in that talk he spoke about building authentic community and we even had a workshop where we shared our truth and connected on a deeper level so that the thing about Eli is he always knows how to connect and the importance of your voice matters even if you think it's small. And when I was choosing the theme for this month, I stumbled upon, it's called The Good Life Project. It's a podcast that I really enjoy, but one of the episodes is with Rick Hansen, who is a psychologist and focuses on that deeper connection and how to build relationships. And in the episode, he talks a lot about how we can move from the us versus them mentality. And I think it's really interesting because we all have that sensation of wanting to belong. We all feel that deep loneliness. We felt it through COVID. We felt it separating and like we're always, we're on this track of constantly isolating ourselves and that belonging feeling, there's something so intoxicating when you can join a group that makes you feel like it's you versus them. When you're joining a group and it's now you guys are against the world and He talks a lot about moving out of that space and moving into, like, we're all one. And that might sound a little gimmicky, but there is this idea, like, one of the things I kept seeing visually was, like, we don't have to keep someone at the bottom of the mountain in order for us to be on top. And I think that's where it comes from, like, we need to belong to the best group, the best team, the best thing that will keep us alive and keep us succeeding. And that belongingness turns into a sense of entitlement, a sense of greed, a sense of proving that you're better than other people instead of meeting people where they are. And I think focusing on creating your community out of your authenticity and your truth helps cultivate a connection that is not rooted in common hatred and it's focusing on like what can we do better in each of our smaller communities for each other rather than looking at my community over here versus my other friend's community over there and like which one's better and like not focusing on like whose podcast is better or whose basketball team is better or like what is I mean 
sports are weird, whatever, that was a bad metaphor, but <laughs> like focusing on how to cultivate the community rather than pitting each other against one another. I don't know if that makes sense, but Eli and I talk a lot about it and we have come from, Eli and I have come from very different lives. Like I grew up in a really small town in New York and he grew up near Chicago and you know, it's just, it's so amazing to me that we both somehow made it together in LA and developed this deep connection and started to build our own community. And I think this conversation is a testament to how your authenticity, it might not bring people that are necessarily the same as you, but it will bring people who hear your truth, respect it, and want to grow with that truth and authenticity. And one of the things I noticed when I was living in Australia, when I first moved there, uh, it was started as a study abroad program. And I noticed that all of the Americans stuck together. All of the people from Denmark stuck together. Everyone from Canada stuck together or the UK or wherever. And it was weird not... Like, if you go to another country, don't you want to meet people in that country? Like, why do you want to stick only with the people you know and feel like you can relate to? So I think when you focus on stepping into your authenticity, it opens up to meeting people and connecting with people from all walks of life rather than just that close little knit. You're all the same demographic. Like, I just see all those, like, blonde-haired yoga, women, all together. And I'm not trying to hate on those. Those are a cool community. I wish I was a part of it, but I'm not. (laughs) I just mean there's something so beautiful about opening up to all experience so that you can grow that truth, whatever that truth may be. Um, As long as it's rooted in love. You know, I don't want any hatred. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I really hope you enjoy this conversation. It was so fun to edit and just to hear us laughing for most of it. Um, And if you enjoy the episode, please be sure to subscribe to revelreveal.substack.com. The link is below in the show notes. There is a free option to sign up and then pricing starts at $5 a month. You get access to all archived posts, monthly musings, and exclusive podcasts, which I think is a pretty fun time. Anyway, thank you for listening and enjoy the show. This is like this is the most nervous I've ever been for a really. Podcast. Yes, I'm still. I'm. It's weird. I mean, it is weird because like I've never zoomed you. Number one, yeah. never been on Zoom. Also, I don't think I've ever interviewed you. <laughs> maybe, maybe you never interviewed. Yeah, probably the last time you maybe possibly interviewed me was asking me questions while we like had uh, jumbo margaritas at um, Universe Studios. So that was probably the closest. <laughs> But yes, oh, yeah, in a sober when we were professional on the sense. Yeah, yeah. So professional sense. No, I don't think so. But well, thank you for coming on. <laughs> <laughs> it's been six years, I think, in the making. <laughs> oh my god, that's right. Uh that's so crazy. Uh yeah. yeah. I have a lot of questions. I think it's great. I'm glad we're doing it now because I feel like I've seen a lot of different phases of your life. Um, so Start with your childhood trauma. No, just kidding. Oh, <laughs> God. 
what I really want to start asking you is um, like we kind of left the nine to five life around the same time. And I want to know, especially being in LA and having the security of like BuzzFeed and having that foundation where it was like, this is where I kind of started. What was the journey for you of kind of taking that leap of faith of like, okay, this is not for me anymore. And growing up as we grew up in similar situations where we felt like we had to have that security in order to be successful. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. First off, thank you for having me in your space. I know you're super intentional and have so many cool people on. So it means a lot that you would have me in it as well. Um, but yeah, I'm super proud of you. And it's it's really cool to just be in this space. And I think, yeah, it's, it's funny because you because you're asking me these questions and you've seen it firsthand. Like, like usually I'm like talking to people that don't really know me, but like, you know, like, you know me, like, and just so whoever is listening, Dee's like the greatest listener in the world. (laughs) She has this energy to just like, she's like, she's like a, just that Labrador retriever that knows you're having a bad day and just like runs into your arms. And it's just like, it's not even your dog. You're just at a, like a, a Chipotle parking lot, but it runs into your arms and you're like, wow, I needed this. That's D as a friend, essentially. Aww. So uh, just so everyone knows a little more about you too. Um, but yeah, so that was huge. So just for some context, I, um, I, I graduated film school. I was like 25. It was uh, six months after uh, uh, film school that I got the job at BuzzFeed, and it was super unexpected. I didn't even watch BuzzFeed videos. I wasn't interested in being a digital video producer. I wasn't interested in YouTube or social media or any of that. And um, it it came from a space of desperation, which leads to the inevitable exit. And the desperation was student loans. So uh, everyone talks about how your parents are the most proud of you on graduation day. And then they're, they're the most concerned the day after when the bills come in for how much college costs. And that was essentially my story. So I, I knew like I grew I grew up broke. I have a tons of siblings. We didn't have a lot of money growing up. Um, I didn't manage money correctly. I was really dumb in that in that space. Uh, so because of that, I knew I had student loans looming and I was freaking out because I had a film degree and I randomly got the job through a a Facebook DM with Keith from Try Guys, who we had 30 mutual friends, both from Chicago. I just randomly messaged him to get lunch. So I ended up getting an internship there. I worked there for years, but I will say that I wanted to quit probably the first year and a half I was into it. I ended up working there for six years. So, uh, it took multiple years of struggling and and realizing my self-worth because your boss isn't going to give that to you. Um, And also like growing up and understanding who I am. And because for the longest, I thought this is it. This is as good as it's going to be. I have a a salary that's coming in. I, I, I lost my confidence in myself to take chances that I did when I was younger because I'm in this workspace. And I'm afraid that if I leave, I'm going to be broke and you know, I, I'm these student loans are going to come and get me and I'm going to be screwed and on all these other things. And um, and BuzzFeed's very much a bubble. Like we're making viral videos every week. Right. So if if I don't hit a million every week, I'm seen as a failure. So if I hit 800,000 views on a video, I'm seen as a failure. And I and I, at the time I did feel like a failure. But outside of that bubble, if I told you I made 800,000 views on a YouTube video, I think you would be like, oh, wow, this is this guy has it going on. But I didn't see that for myself. So 
there's a lot of different things there, but I will say that I, I, the, the pandemic was a big thing for me where I, I needed a reset in my personal life. I needed a reset, um, in my career. I needed a reset in so many things because I wasn't, didn't want to work there anymore. I wanted to take the chance to be my own boss and do all that. So the pandemic was like, okay, you can work from home. You don't have to live in LA. That was the first step. I sold everything, sold my car, moved out, lived in a cheaper city. And then all the side hustles I did for years finally came into fruition. So financially, I was doing well. And I had up to six months of savings. And that's when I was like, screw it. This is the moment. This is this is the time. I will never, I hope this never happens in the world again, another pandemic. But it the stars aligned so beautifully that I knew this was my moment to jump. And it was still scary. It was still um, full of worry. Uh, but I, I knew I had to at least try. And the big thing that I do is uh, fear setting. So uh, I plan for the worst case scenario. And so I'm like, okay, worst case scenario, I run out of all my money. I just get another job making 50K a year at some random company and I make YouTube videos about toilet paper and I get back to where I am now. So that was my frame of thinking. I planned for the worst case scenario and it's been, yeah, it's been two years now and we're, and we're on our own and we're doing just fine because the worst case scenario rarely happens. So that, there's a lot there, but that was generally the progress of, of that exit. But it was, it was deeply emotional and I'm still kind of, it's still kind of surreal. Yeah. And I think there was something about how like you were always, when you were at BuzzFeed, it never felt like you were fully at BuzzFeed, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Like there was always kind of a foot out the door. And I think people who are very nervous about leaving that security, like you and I both have constantly, (laughs) we're always doing things. And I think that's kind of a mentality and something that has helped me is always like this is a contract with like BuzzFeed or whoever it's not my life and yeah I really appreciate like how you've kind of taken that and been like well I can always go back or see this thing or try this other way of doing and also like you've tried so many different things like I really want to talk about the coaching program first of all but like you know that deep down you want to be a filmmaker and you want to write all of these scripts and do all these things. And you're still doing that, but you're also utilizing like skills that come naturally to you. And I think that's a very good quality to have in someone. Um, With the social media coaching and like your different workshops that you do, how has it felt like one of the things I have is imposter imposter syndrome because I'm like, oh, I'm good at this thing, so it's not valuable. How have you taken that mindset and been like, no, this is easy for me, so it's extremely valuable? Yeah, yeah, it's uh, and I'm like, I have so much experience on camera, right? Like, it it, it didn't start off like easy, uh, but that was a skill that I had, so I ran with it. Um, but yeah, it was it. That's that's a big thing they tell you is like when you create a product, if you don't believe in it, then they're not going to. And it took a really long time for me to believe in the product because you essentially I, I I essentially where it all stemmed from was like, you know, I, I had people following me because of BuzzFeed. I had like tens of thousands of people following me. I wasn't even taking it that serious. And then my buddy, Chris, that, you know, said, hey not a lot of people look like you online. So you have to, you should do something, you know? And I'm like, yo, that that's right. So what, what is something that's real to me 
that I could do every single day because creating social content is exhausting. And it was like, I'm always such a philosophical thinker. I question everything. Like I, and at the time I got through like a mental health, like breakdown, I was healing from that and dove into this world of wellness and personal development and, and, and uh, mental health. And I completely fell in love with it. So with that, I started just documenting my experience and then a bunch of people started reaching out to me. And then, you know, I, I created a coaching program of just what worked for me and it's using social media to help me with that. Um, and and the crazy thing is like when I asking someone for money was so difficult, like it's so awkward and weird. And it like it, it's it's like I grew I didn't grow up with money. Right. So like asking someone for like even one hundred dollars was like so much for me. And I had so many friends telling me, Eli, this is valuable stuff. Like do it. These people love you. You have a following. There's people making millions that are a-holes that don't care about their clients and you were a thoughtful, decent human being. And I was like, okay, sure, sure, sure. Like I didn't believe in myself, but I was taking actions anyway, which I think is is important sometimes. You don't hear that enough of like, I, like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And I just hope like this does well. But the one thing that kept me going was that this is gonna help someone. So I'm like, if I'm going to be on social media, I don't even like social media like that. But if I'm going to be on social media, I want to help someone. So if it's with mental health, if it's with digital entrepreneurship, if it's with dating relationship advice now that I'm on TikTok that just popped off, you know, whatever it is, if I'm going to be online every day, I'm going to help someone because I, I just that's who I am in my nature. So that was my going forward of like, if I don't do this even if I help one person, it's going to be worth it. Um, and that's really what matters. So I like, I struggled in the very beginning and then it took a long time to like, you start seeing testimonials and hear people, I had someone lose like 40 pounds in eight weeks. I had someone quit their job and find a new career. I had someone who was a waitress and became a personal development coach. It's like, it's amazing to start seeing like, Oh wow, I could actually help people. And, um, and I think that's the big thing for for listeners. It's like it's okay if you don't completely believe in yourself as long as you're taking the steps anyway. I always say like some days we're thugging through the door, other days we're slugging. And, and slugging, we could be we're like on the floor, we're crying, we're just. But as long as we're still moving forward, uh, and so everyone knows I'm doing a slugging motion with my body as Dee's laughing at me. But yeah, some days we're we're hustling, we're two-stepping through the door. Other days we're crying and rolling on the ground and slugging through it. But as long as we just move forward. And I knew at the end of the day, I wanted to say I at least tried and failed, then not try at all and always wonder what if. Because I wasted years of what ifs and it wasn't serving me. So yeah, that, that was uh, the big thing. So Yeah, that's it. I mean... I'm definitely seeing the crying on the floor moments. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes like in actuality. Yeah, I like the actually um, uh, crying on floors. But also I have to say this, Dee, you really inspired me. Like you're younger than me and you like went to LA just like, you just went, you know, you didn't really have knowing where you're going to stay or do or go. And it was kind of inspiring to see how ballsy you were. And, and I, I honestly seeing you just take these chances and always landing on your feet really inspired me to be like, okay, I, I need to take some chances too. So I, I want to give you that as well, because you, you're very impressive. Um, and, and yeah, to be that young and to say, screw it. Where did that come from? Okay, let's talk about that. 
I want to ask um, you, where, where did all that come from? <laughs> Wait, we're turning it on me? Okay. Um, yeah, I'm curious. Because, yeah, you grow up, so ever, so just so everyone knows, Dee grew up, you know, humble beginnings with the family. Safety is key. Career is key. But she was in L.A. and she's like, I don't even know where I'm going to live. But here I am. And, yeah, where did that come from? I think it's from... This is going to sound so cheesy, but like <laughs> my dad was my softball coach. And like one of the things he kind of always told me was like, you can throw like nine bad pitches, but it just matters that one lands. And so I would be outside constantly with him and I wasn't allowed to go in until I had like five good pitches in a row. And like, no, it was not fun for me. I definitely was like feeling bullied and I was like, what is this shit? Um but I think that plus seeing people I love let fear stop them breaks my heart so much. So I kind of held on to this idea of like, if I can do something and show them that it's not as scary and like, even if I fuck up and like, same thing, worst case scenario thinking like, if I end up homeless or if I end up like just completely lost at sea, I don't know, like whatever I could think of was like, this is going to be horrible for me. Um, I still knew that at the end of the day, there was someone that cared about me so much that like, it wouldn't be that bad. So, and I just kind of was like, well, I'm on a, like my mom came to Australia with me and she had never been out of the country and she almost didn't go because she was like terrified of going. And like, I was scared too, but seeing my mom so scared and like almost canceling her plane ticket, I was just like, this bitch has to come with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> she has to see Australia. And it was the most beautiful experience with like, I've never done like a mother daughter trip before. And um, just seeing her get to experience another country, even though she was so terrified and like, it was so out of her comfort zone. I was like, Oh, like this is what matters. And like, she got sick right after that. And I kind of just held on to this idea. Like, yeah, I, the worst thing that could happen is like, I get sick or something happens where I can't do the things I really wanted to do. So like, I'm going to do it right now. And it's gotten me into like weird situations but I also like something that's really helped me is giving myself a time limit like mm. in LA I was like okay I'm gonna give myself a month whatever happens in that month I might go back home or I might stay who knows um same thing before I moved to San Diego now like I gave myself um two months and I was like okay we're gonna go to all these places whatever happens after that then I can decide to go back or like you always have a landing place, I think. So same thing with you. I'm going to take this jump. I'm going to go overseas and travel and see everything. I have the savings. At the end of the day, I can crawl back to BuzzFeed if I really have to, or I can crawl into this other job. So yeah, I think it's always like you can go back to where you were. Um, yeah. That's my mindset. That's me. Oh, I love that. Well, first of all, I'm never going back to BuzzFeed. More of just another digital company if I have to. But uh, I love that. And that reminds me of like my upbringing. And I think that's a lot, a lot of it too is, you know, I grew up in the Midwest, Northwest Indiana, right outside Chicago. And it very much was like my entire family was just 
fear, 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 fear. And uh, yeah, I remember, yeah, I went to Thailand uh, when I was like 22 because uh, I wanted to do kickboxing and I didn't tell my mom and she was all freaking out. And uh, what um, uh, the Hangover 3 came out that year. So she was freaking out. I'm like, you're going to die and they're going to steal you and all this stuff. I'm like, I'm a brown guy. Like, like uh, my market value is not that high. Okay. Like, you know, but uh, I was able to go, but show her, listen, you know, the world's a big place. You should experience it as well, you know, but to see that fear it, firsthand and, and see the repercussions of that fear is, is I think is really huge. So it, it instills that in you, but, but yeah, not to, not to flip the script and make it about, I know it's your show. Sorry. Just like, uh, <laughs> and it's no. not to say like, you have to go travel in order to face your fears. It's just like, I think it's a really good exercise to see like, what do you want to do and write down the entire list of why you're not doing that. Um, like for you with filmmaking, there were so many reasons that you could have given, like, I can't make a film because X, Y, and Z, but then you literally had your whiteboard. I think I want to, <laughs> you've had your whiteboards for like six years. <laughs> I did. I did. I swear by them. Yeah. yeah. And I just remember going into your room one day and being like, these aren't that scary. <laughs> and they were like lofty goals. They're not like, I want a house. It's like, no, I want all of these things. And like, they're very specific things that you wanted. Like the Ted talk was a huge thing. And like, I was really glad that I got to go and experience it with you. But like, even that experience, if you want to talk about that, because I know that was a, a huge time coming for that. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I've uh, joined this Jesse Eitzler program. He's like a self-made billionaire, didn't grow up with money. He was a former like white rapper. And uh, he has a program called build your life resume and um there's a lot of different strategies i adopted from that but the one thing was that whiteboard and it's pretty much just like listing out the goals that you want and it's like putting it into work not just like a vision board but a vision board with like actions and it's so cool now to look at i love doing these boards because and vision boards in general because it's it's like i love putting my mind to something then making it into reality and scratching that off so like that tedx talk i put on my boards for like two years and i remember yes i, I got and it happened i ended up being a tedx speaker um you know outside of chicago and uh and he was there being very supportive and awesome but it's it's kind of scary like i think what what's wild is that we are so capable beyond comprehension I, I truly believe I can do anything if I'm just consistent and authentic. Like, I, I think I could be an astronaut. Give me, just give me time. Like, give me time and I could figure it out and I will go to school and I will do the work and whatever. But a lot of people just don't even get to the to step of putting it down on paper, creating a game plan of what do I have to do to make this reality? TEDx speaker seems so big, right? For a lot of people like, oh my God, wow, you did that. What you don't realize is that, you know, you there's so many TEDx talks around the country, around the world, and they're free to apply to. And as long as you have a, an idea that that is different and stands out and it's good, and I've done a lot of research, there's a chance that you get an interview. You could you could do this as well. And it's just the, the ability of of taking the action towards it and being consistent in that, in that action. Uh, I've obviously gotten rejected by other TEDx talks, but I got into that one, and that's ultimately what matters. And, um, and yeah, so that was a huge deal and I was like so nervous and, uh, but it was, it was really cool to 
just visualize stepping on that red dot and then being able to actually do it. And there's been a lot of moments in my life that I can say that was the truth. Like I was, I thought about something and I did it. And, and I think why not create a life that is that, and it doesn't have to be a TEDx talk. It doesn't have to be traveling Thailand. It doesn't have to be any of that. It, everyone's goals and everyone's journeys are all their own, but as long as it excites you. So it's like, it's always the case where, you know, it's like, I have to be happy. Happy is fleeting. Happy is like sad. It comes and goes. What we should be doing is taking action that excites us, that builds a higher quality of life. So hell yeah, I'm gonna write down TEDx talk on there because that excites me. And if I do it, awesome. Uh, but then if I don't, okay, but at least I was on the pursuit of something that was exciting. And I rather do that than kind of sit around and not do anything because I've done that and it's not too fun. Mm -mm. But how do you move through that space of, I don't want to say the waiting, because like, I feel like there's still action being taken, but like, not knowing of like, this is when it's going to happen. I feel like a lot of people can't handle that waiting period, because then there's that, like self doubt that kicks in of like, oh, well, it's not actually happening. Or like, even me, I'm like, why the fuck am I doing this? I don't, (laughs) like, nothing's happening. But it's kind of, yeah, I'm curious how you move through that and how can someone kind of find grace and compassion with themselves while they're in that void waiting space for these things well that's the thing is like yeah that's ah yeah it's 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 a roller coaster you know it's like because i want more i'm unfortunately going to be the type of person that's always going to want more so it's like i did a tedx talk dope i want to be a two-time tedx speaker you know and now it's like i reached this level and now i want to get to another level which you know you have to really you know check yourself sometimes because you know it's it's life isn't all accomplishments and wins and things like that you know and you know sometimes the day-to-day is just as, as beautiful and as important I think, I think, yeah, so there, there's a lot of highs and lows and I still struggle with it, right? Like uh, I'm trying to be a filmmaker, writer. I have wins. I get into programs. I did a Disney plus room. Awesome. But I'm not where I would want to be in my career, but I knew it's going to, it's going to take time. Um, and I think like it, it's, it's literally just, I, I reached a certain point where I thought my value is dictated by what awards I win or what success I receive. And I and I realized as I was doing this digital nomad journey and meeting these people from all different walks of life is like success is really just being in the pursuit, like just being in the pursuit. Like how many people can say you are in the pursuit of something that excites you and that is going to benefit you in your life? Like so many people are afraid to even do that. So it's acknowledging the baseline of I'm in the pursuit of something. I'm taking action towards something. I'm working towards something. And, um, you know, it's 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 really me coming to terms with, even if I'm an old man and I never become that famous filmmaker, um, I will love that I lived a life in the pursuit of being one versus always wondering, man, what would that be like and retire at BuzzFeed or something? Um, and I think that's like the baseline of it. Cause I always think about like, I'm very aware that we're going to die. You know, I'm very, I'm very aware of our own mortality that we're all going to die. We're already dying. We're slowly dying. Everyone, sorry, not to be down in the dumps about it, but you know, so then you could either slowly die sitting there and wondering, or you could slowly die taking action. Um, and I think that's, that's really what, what it, uh, comes down to is that so. But it is hard. It is hard. I think we're I think the best thing you could practice is patience. 
Um, and because I've been very impatient at times and it makes life a lot easier if you can, if you can do that. But yeah, it's, it's hard. It's difficult. It's sad and scary. And like, I feel like I have a tantrum every time I'm <laughs> in it. Like, I just feel this little bubbling and then it's like my inner teenager is just like seething with rage and she's, <laughs> she's so impatient. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I don't know what to do. And then somehow it always works out, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, it always, it always works out. And it's like, yeah, my, my younger self, I remember like, I was like 23 and I thought my life was over. I'm like, I'm old. I'm not a multimillionaire filmmaker. What am I doing with my life? I was like my second, third year in college. I'm like, I was spiraling. And I think, I think what, like when I turned 30 was huge because I, I realized like, I have so much time, you know, I have so much, I've, I've like, wow, I have so much time. Like I to the average filmmakers career pops off in their forties. So I'm like, okay, sick. I have another decade. And once that happens, my life is never going to be the same. I think that's the other thing too, is that we always look back to the good old days and we don't realize that we're currently in it. Like every day, every era of our lives are the good old days. Like I remember when I was broke as hell in my apartment in LA uh, with like a futon and cockroaches and all that. I hated that. I, I looked back to college and I was like, oh my God, the good old days of college. And now I look back on that time of my life and I miss it almost. Cause it was like, man, those are the good old days. I will never be that broke and poor again. And now when I become that big filmmaker, I'm going to look back to today and be like, man, those are the days when I was hustling and like in those programs and doing that thing. So it's, it's all a gift. It's all, it's all a gift, you know? Um, Cause yeah, we're currently in the good old days. That's, that's. Yeah. Sure. You'll never <laughs> fall asleep on that stinky ass couch again. <laughs> Hopefully not. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's burned. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That reminds me of, um, I'm obsessed with Dave Grohl. <laughs> I don't know if you know. Why, why? I love him so much. Um, his book is amazing. I listened to the audiobook of it and he talks so much about manifestation and the spiritual side of things. And just that like he acknowledges, he, he talks about his life like he's a little kid, like he can't believe it's happening. And I think bringing in that, like what you're saying about finding things that excite you and being in the pursuit of, I totally agree with. And I would also say like finding curiosity with things is really important. Like I never thought I could play the piano ever in my life. And that's something I've always wanted to do, but I always felt like embarrassed and shameful of it. And then I started playing and I was like, Oh, what happens if I get good at this? Like, what can I do with this information <laughs> and being more curious about whatever you're excited about kind of takes off the burden of like feeling like you have to achieve it it's more of like how can I be curious about painting or how can I be curious about film or like what about this film makes me so curious and I think that's what's really important and something that he talked about a lot was like the higher up you get in life the more chaotic your life gets and the more you have to handle so like I think there's something beautiful that when you're handling, when you're in the trenches and you're like going through the shit, I think it kind of prepares you to be like, I'm successful now and I can still handle all this shit and more. And I, I don't know, his book's amazing. That's all. <laughs> oh, I love that though. I love the curiosity of it. Yeah. It's like just being curious. 
Cause then it takes like the, the kind of the, the hustle pressure off of it. It's like, it's just you being a human being, like finding interest in this thing and, and doing it, you know? And I think that's, that's the exciting thing of that, which is really cool. And yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Like the more higher success you get, like, oh my God, like making a short film is, is, is a pain, let alone a feature film, which eventually I want my life to be. But uh, yeah, so I, I think about that and I'm like on the slow days where I'm like, oh, I wish I had something going on. I'm like, oh, it's going to come. But so I'm going to enjoy this right now. I kind of like, OK, I, I'm not in the Ritz Carlton. I'm I'm still traveling, but I'm in a, a hostel with sleeping with six other people snoring. But there's something kind of beautiful about that uh, because that will happen. And I'm going to want to be remembered back at that time. But um, but yeah, all this is here to serve you in in some way and humans are products of adaptation and that, i think that's our superpower and we're able to create perspective that serves us and i think to have that always works out like people that like my mom had me when she was 19 she could have been like a famous dancer person because she was really good at dancing but she's like it was the greatest thing in my life which she might be lying i don't know but um but yeah people create a perspective that benefits them and serves them to make them feel you know make them feel okay and i think that's a superpower as well with us so it's like to, just to give yourself that levity to just be like don't overthink too you know just kind of enjoy it as much as you can but yeah. yeah i mean with your tedx the workshop aspect of it i just think about that and like how everyone was just crying yeah. <laughs> yeah. and you were just like i did not expect this at all but this works and there there were some beautiful connections and like a big thing you talked about was just like being intentional with community, creating, like using the tools given to you with intention and purpose and like how to create that community. Um, I I think it's really interesting, like seeing where you're at and I really want to see, well, one, did you create um, bodies will roll and tumble, tumble and roll, tumble and roll on, um, <laughs> on Kickstarter or was it on a, a different one yeah so bodies will tomorrow i did it off support your story so uh it's this production company called avenida it's uh latinx owned and they're all about cultivating latino uh, stories so they created their own kickstarter type of uh program called support your story but the cool thing about support your story is they give you daily coaching prompts so like every day they give you different coaching and since it's like starting up uh they they personally reach out to you and check in on you and 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 all that so it's 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 super cool and you gain a lot of different knowledge from it but yeah i went i went that route yeah what was that journey like coming off of the tedx event plus like having this going and like seeing how important that community is especially with making a film because i feel like a lot of people don't realize the amount of people that have to be involved to make it work yeah yeah i mean um yeah yeah my life is pretty cool yeah see that's the thing <laughs> i was like that was what end of 2021 i ended my tedx talk then jumped into the movie i i, I got into this afro latinx netflix program after the tedx talk and uh i think that's why this year is like really slow but i feel like something's coming so i'm like okay it's all right eli be patient um but yeah it was you know, the TEDx talk I did just uh, for context, it was uh, how I use social media to help me through my mental health uh, journey. And it was uh, how I used all the skills of social media learned at BuzzFeed and digital 
and how I applied it to myself to help me with my own mental health after I had a, a mental health breakdown. And uh, my big goal is to make the internet human. Like it's going to be social media, digital, all that is going to be the norm. It's not going anywhere. It's just going to manifest and build and build and build in our culture. So how do we make it as human as we possibly can? And with the workshop I did, I, I, I try to remind people that these are human beings outside of these handles. And I just have people share one thing that was difficult that they got through. And, and it's like by owning your story and being able to open up a little bit about who you are online is going to create such a deep community versus just, you know, seeing it as a handle. So like, I always like equate it to like, you know how you, you, you see someone at the grocery store and maybe you accidentally bump into them like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Oh no, it's okay. But for some reason that same person gets into their car and they cut you off and you want to rip their head off. Like they're not a person anymore. Once they're in a car, they're like, oh my God, I hate this human being, whoever it is, you know, once they're in a car, that's kind of like social media in the handle that we forget we're human beings. So it's like, how do we create it as human as possible? And I've been very blessed to create an online community of people and get to know people by being a little more vulnerable, sharing who I am, sharing my journey and, and my endeavors uh, and, and show how possible that is. So with that said, when I when I um, did support your story, I was I wanted to raise uh, I want to say, yeah, 20 grand. I want to raise twenty thousand uh, dollars for the film. And if anyone knows anything about raising money for any creative anything, it is the biggest pain in the ass in the world. Because you have to be that person that hits up and calls and reaches out to every single person. I'm like, hey, we went to high school, but uh, here's my campaign. Send me some money, bro. Um, and it's kind of wild because there's people that you think are for sure going to send you money and they don't. And there's people that you haven't talked to in forever that you don't think they're going to give you a penny and they give you like a hundred bucks plus. And uh, the crazy thing about it, it's, it's very stressful. It's very hard, but it always works out. And you know, I'm not curing cancer here. You know, I, I, I'm telling movies, and, I'm, and, and but the movie we're talking about culture and colorism and, and you know, female forward uh, women of color. But, um, you know, it's it was really beautiful to see the people from all walks of my life come out. Um, people that I talk to on the day to day, people that I don't. Uh, and and it, it was wild because it was the very end. And I had, uh, I ended up just creating a super executive level, which was like 5k. And it was like the last week and I didn't have like enough funds left. Like it was, it was like, we weren't close. And then I ended up having some random woman in Indiana who followed me on social that was like, I'll be the super duper, uh, executive producer and, and gave me five grand for this movie out of nowhere the last week and then i had a friend as well that you know gave me 2500 out of nowhere and then i ended up making my making my we ended up making 22 grand so um it, it truly is is beautiful to see like what the power of community is it just it's it's really starts with you to just ask um and 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 but just to, to be honest with your asking and intentional with your asking and, and it shows that like one you could connect with people in a genuine way just by you being a little more open. And then two, you could literally raise over $20,000 to make a movie um, just for that same reason. So the power of digital community could, is, is I've been blessed to receive a lot of benefits from it in so many different ways. Yeah, I think there's something like I think, especially in the film industry, a lot of people say like, oh, it's all about who you know. Mm. And I feel like it doesn't do it justice because like you're a good example of that where it's like, yeah, it's who you know, but there's like so much more to it. Like, are you nourishing 
the connection? Are you showing up authentically? Are you creating that bond? So they feel like they're a part of something a lot bigger than themselves. And like, I don't think that's a bad thing to say like, oh, it's who, you know, like, no, that's awesome. Like that so many people can come together and create something. And I'm curious, this is a whole side tangent, but how do you feel about the whole Nepo baby thing (laughs) in Hollywood? Wait, like, like people that are like their families in Hollywood or whatever. And they kind of, uh, cause that's like ultimately who they know. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, there's, it's frustrating. Sure. Yeah. Hollywood is all just people that are already connected or their uncles Spielberg or whatever. And they just get the easy road in, um, which is frustrating and sucks, especially as a man of color and and diversity and, and Hollywood's awful. So, uh, but, you know, I think uh, at this, pretty much there's, there's nepotism. There's like, my dad is head of so-and-so, so so you need to give me an opportunity. And then there is authentically creating with, like connecting with somebody, you know, Um, not fake manufacturer connection. And I I remember through my, I had, um, I had a, a, a late night dinner with a, a producer, this amazing black woman. I, God, I can't think of her name right now, but she, she, I remember asking her, I'm like, I feel like I have to be perfect. I feel like I'm one mistake away from just being out of the industry or never having a chance. And she's like, Eli, I'm going to break it down to you right now. You know, you, all you have to worry about when you're meeting people in this industry is who you genuinely authentically connect with, you know, authentic relationships, create authentic products. You know, and if you authentically connect with them, they're the ones that are going to give you opportunities. If you fake connect with everyone, they're not going to be there for you. So that gave me so much of a reassurance and put weight off my shoulders of not thinking I had everyone to like me. No, I just needed to find my community. And I think we forget there's 8 billion people in this world. I don't need everyone to like me. I don't need everyone to follow me. I don't need everyone to ingest my stuff. I just want to connect with the people that do. Uh, because that's going to build an authentic connection. And in part of that, you're going to trust me. I'm going to trust you. You're going to invest in me. I'm going to look out for you. And, and that's how we build a community through that. And um, and that's why every that's why it takes so, that's so important to be genuine and for real who you are, because that's your product in space. That's who you're going to bring in. And then uh, in terms of the nepotism and filmmaking, it, it is frustrating, but like it, it's it's definitely, you know, it's a product of the industry. But um, I think more people just need to ask. More people need to ask for what they want. There's so many films that are in Kickstarter and Indiegogo and they make like 30 bucks. And it's because people are scared to ask. They're scared to put themselves out there. They're scared to do those things. So it's a hustle. It's hard, but. Yeah, it's 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 genuine. Yeah, genuine connection, genuine relationships create a genuine product and community. And and don't be afraid about uh, uh, pleasing everybody. Um, so now I now I don't care as much. Networking's a lot easier now because of that. Like I thought, I just had to be cool with everybody. So I mean, you go to like all those workshops, and I see you're always doing something <laughs> with workshops. I don't feel like I am. I honestly don't feel like I am. I I work from home. I feel like I'm just a house husband that sweeps a lot. That's uh, but it's funny how people perceive you, right? I I feel the same thing for you. God, you're always doing stuff. And I'm just like chilling with my roommate's cat all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's 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 funny. Yeah, it's like so that right there, right? You know, you're you're creating like a perspective off someone. Um, 
you know, which is why I try to like share a little bit of uh, who I am or what I'm going through. And so it's not just constant highlight reel. So you could kind of get to know me and what I'm doing a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And sharing the struggle. Like, I think when you started focusing on social media, you went through that similar struggle of like, how much do I show of myself? And mm-hmm. like, do I show when I'm sad or like, I mean, going through mental health, especially as a man of color, like, it's fucking scary to like put that out there and say like, Hey, I'm going through this too. Like as a white woman, I'm just like, I'm sad. Everyone hug me (laughs) and it's fine. But like the way how your childhood was growing up and all these things, it was like mental health isn't a thing for you. And I think it's really important to one, be a voice of that. Um, so that, everyone that can relate to you is like, oh, I can get help too, or I can go through that. So how has that been kind of showing up in such a vulnerable way and kind of being, I don't want to say like the voice of (laughs) a mental health, but you kind of are. (laughs) I mean, and yeah, it is funny because I'm like, there's, it's I I don't necessarily market uh men's mental health person per se. I'm just like general mental health. But it but I am a guy. I'm a man of color and and I know a lot of people don't see that um enough, which which is true, you know, it's, it's not as common, especially being, you know, from Latino upbringing, but yeah, it it um it's it's weird. It's I feel more comfortable being honest like more honest and genuine with my struggle online than in person with people and it took a while to kind of get to the root of that and I think it's because like I've been on social media for so long I have every negative thing spoken about me that you could say about a person and I've been able to build a thick skin to not have that really impact me at all so you know social media doesn't scare me so it's like I I know the intention that it's going to help someone hopefully And that gives me enough motivation to put it out there. And if someone talks crap or says something negative or whatever, then then it's it doesn't impact me in that way. Now, if I share this with someone who maybe doesn't deserve it in person, you know, that's a little different because then you could, you know, IRL disappointment hurt me in some way. So that was a little interesting to navigate. But um, yeah, I think that's why I wanted to create the self-hype space. Because, you know, most of the self-help and personal wellness or whatever is like a lot of white women, apricot smoothie, wilderness retreats and, and things of that nature. I don't really see a lot of Puerto Rican guys, you know, you know, doing these things, you know. So I wanted to create something like a little more hip and for the culture uh, in that space where um, if you are a man of color or um, in general, you're just looking for something, you know, a little more inclusive or, or a different vibe, you know, uh, this is here for you. Um, and it's like the amount of clients that I know and like, uh, that come from like BIPOC backgrounds, you know, time and time again, they didn't grow up with this stuff. So, you know, mental health, you you go to therapy, your mom is crying, thinking, what did I do wrong? Why, why is my daughter going to the loony bin or why is she, you know, depressed or she's crazy or whatever. So, um, I want to break those generational chains. So we have these skills and it's normalized in these communities, where our kids and the future generations don't have to have those conversations and, and be ostracized or be demeaned or, or be looked down upon for sharing it and flexing, flexing this. Um, so that's, that's what gets me going. It's like bigger than me. It, I have to check my ego. 
you know, I was really nervous posting this stuff in the very beginning, but it's because I was so egotistical. I was worried about me so much. I'm like, what if someone thinks I'm dumb or stupid or judge me or whatever? And then I was like, no, this is bigger impact stuff. You know, I got to check your ego at the door. You know, what is this really about? Once I did that, it helped out a lot. I think like there is the stigma of like, if you're selling anything, you have to kind of be like the expert on it or you have yeah. to have all of these all of these random facts and you have to be like above everyone. And I think the cool thing about social media is like people can meet you at any stage of your journey of like, Hey, I have these mental health things going on, or I'm on this journey. Like if it helps you to see what I'm doing, then that's great. But I'm not the expert or I'm not going to like yeah facilitate all of this stuff. It's just like, you can meet me. I'm also new at this. So let's do it together. And I think I don't know. There's this cool thing about community and it, it's a lot easier to learn from someone who is also struggling than it is from someone like, I don't want someone who's been playing the piano for 50 years to teach me because <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm going to feel like shit. Yeah. <laughs> and so like, if you're this, like, I think about Tony Robbins, I think he went to his workshops and like, yeah, yeah, he's great and all these things, but there's like, he's gotten to a point now where there's this little bit of disconnect. Cause I'm like, you don't know where I'm at anymore. Like you can't connect. And so I think mm -hmm. that's important for anyone who's like wanting to start social media or wanting to start a workshop or anything. It's like, you can sell at any stage of your journey too. And that's okay. Oh my God, totally. Like everyone's a work in progress. Like my worry is that like someone like, if someone says they're like master expert, just perfect in this space, that worries me a little bit. Um, like I always tell people, like I'm not like a certified coach or anything. Like all I'm doing is showing you what worked for me and the mountain of testimonials I have from my clients and people just so I know it works. If it didn't work, I would tweak the program and change it or do some or not do it at all if no one was benefiting from this. So all I'm sharing with you is stuff I personally gone through, stuff I personally do and stuff that has worked for me and many other people. And, and it is up to you to do it. And uh, if it doesn't serve you, I'm like target, no questions asked, return policy. So you really have nothing to lose. But um, yeah, I think I think there's something I think it's more prominent now more than ever. And I always say we're in the era of wanting to hear our, our the gods fart, where it's like, you know, back in the day with like celebrities, they were like perfect. Like they did not disclose or share any blemish whatsoever. And now they're like eating hot wings and like sweating and like, you know, having mocos come out of their nose and stuff, you know, or they're like on Jimmy Kimmel and they're playing these stupid games and falling and slipping on banana peels like that like that's such a reflection of where we are now where it's like people want to know who these people are as humans what are their values that they're real uh that you could connect with them in that way and i think if if you're too like squeaky clean and you're not a human being that doesn't feel there's a level of disconnection and disingenuine uh to it and um i remember when i launched my program it was like i, I was like i'm going to get it done on my birthday and I remember it was like July 18th, the day before my birthday, and I was in New York and at BuzzFeed, like stressed out using their Wi-Fi. And I was trying to get it done. I was up all night and I went on live 
And I was like, I'm just stressed. I, I'm worried. I'm struggling with this. I never done a coaching program before, but I just really want to do this because I want to help as many people as possible because I went through this before. So, and I'm thinking in my head, who the hell's going to want to join my program? This guy that's like ranting about how much he's struggling right now. And then I remember this woman, Melissa, reached out and she was so supportive and said the most beautifully nice things to me. And she ended up joining my program. She was one of my very first clients and I helped her. She was lost in the sauce, but so good at giving love to people that she quit her uh, waitress job. And now she's a personal, a certified personal development coach herself. So, um, so it's really, there's a power in authenticity and it's a power in sharing your process uh, on that note. And then on a second note, yeah, you don't have to be like, the most perfect person ever. There are people making six figures, creating programs like throwing a baseball. There's like some dad, he has a whole Facebook group, like how to throw a baseball. And he's like from Michigan or something. It's like literally whatever you want it to be. It just, it has to come from a real place and you have to have a real mission and impact that you want associated with it. And people will, people will jump on, you know, people will jump on. Yeah. That's like one of the biggest things I've had to learn of just years. I mean, you've seen it of me like struggling to feel confident with my art and being like, oh, I'm not like ready. And I keep saying that, oh, like my art is not ready. And it's like, no one knows what you think it's supposed to look like. Mm. And like, I can look at a painting right now and being like, oh, I didn't want this to look this way. I know exactly like in my mind, it looks completely different than how I create it. And like, letting that go has been so difficult. And I think that's with anything in life of like, well, I wanted to be a TED talk speaker and I want to talk on this very specific thing in Chicago here. And it's like, I don't know if I end up in Jacksonville, Florida, am I going to be that disappointed? Probably not. (laughs) Like I'm still going to be excited to show up. So it's kind of like, yeah, being curious, I think is the best thing about everything here, but um, I just keep thinking about anytime we've been to Universal or Disney and like someone comes up to you and they're like, yeah, I can have a picture. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Oh my God. It's so funny. So yeah. So fun, fun fact, since, you know, me, yeah, me and D are, are, are real close friends. Uh, one thing uh, we've done a lot was go to theme parks and um, we and had an annual pass. <laughs> we had an annual pass at Universal because it was, it was a deal, man. It was cheap. You get your drink uh, at the Simpsons bar and then you go sit on the universal ride and you have right. a great time maybe you get a shot at harry potter world put it in the butter beer you know <laughs> exactly it's a whole yeah uh disney adulting like experience and it's it's phenomenal but yeah i mean i th- that's been really cool to see your progress too uh because i'm like i've heard you know you've you've it, told me like the struggle buses that you've had with with your art and now i feel like you're you're just flaunting out like peacock and throwing those like just you're you're throwing it back in the club, uh, metaphorically speaking, in terms of sharing your art and all that. And it's been really cool and beautiful to see. And the pieces, I feel like, are getting bigger and bigger, which is so dope. Oh, yeah. They're massive. Oh, my like, good Lord. So, like, congratulations to you to be like Thanks. be on that journey. Is this still kind of nervous, like nerve nerve wracking sharing? It? Um, I think there's that part of me of like this is such an invaluable process for me. So I have no idea what to price it at. Um, So there's that part too. And then also of like, I've tried to explain this to people of like, when I give someone something, it almost feels like there's this little energetic 
string attached to me and they're getting a part of me. And similar with like how you were nervous about sharing like your journey and mental health and stuff. It's like, if I share this piece with someone, they're getting something of me, but like letting myself know that this is bigger than me. Like I honestly black out when I paint. So like, I don't know what's coming. What? kind of like <laughs> happens. And like, I'll have ideas of like, oh, I think I want this, but I could never, I like, I work at a school and they've been like, oh, you should teach like an art camp. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I just make it. <laughs> so letting myself trust that, my way is still okay even though like there's all these different methods and things and like I love that I'm scrappy and like if I have an idea I'll make it work um so yeah I like there's moments where I'm just like I don't know how I'm selling this or like what this means for me or who it's for like I'll make something and I'm like this doesn't feel like it's my piece um and so I know it's for someone but I could never yeah, there's that moment of like, if someone asked me like, oh, I want to buy this. I'm like, oh, <laughs> and I want to throw up. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. And I think there's something important in the fact that like, I think we're all hoping to get to a point where we don't have this fear, where we're like reaching a level of just ultimate confidence of knowing who we are and not feel, feeling like we have it all together. I think I'm reaching a level now where you, that will never be the case that uh what Harrison Ford like every single film role to this day he like the first day is set he looks in the mirror and says this is when they find out like I, I'm like a farce and I'm like and I suck you know like and that's Harrison Ford and the guy's like 90 you know so and I and I hear I see people I remember seeing like colleagues on stages winning awards on like major events and they walk up the stage and I'm like I have no idea what I'm doing you know <laughs> and uh I think there's something there about like kind of lose the feeling of you're going to have it all together one day I think just know that this is the process because you're gonna be uh you're gonna have big ass shows in New York and around the country what have you I'm going to be doing bigger projects and you know we're, we're pushing ourselves to our our limits so we're questioning how much can we handle it and I think by knowing that this is going to be a lifelong process what do we do to enjoy it more or or to kind of like be in control of it more um rather than thinking okay I'm one day that one day thing uh because you like that's a huge compliment like you doing an art camp thing that's like I'll go to that I'll tell me how much it is I'll go and hang out with the kids and do that and uh because it's like there's no rules to this life. Like they, like you are been doing something for a while and the product looks amazing and you have the hours in it. So it's like, it doesn't matter if you go to film school, it doesn't matter if your, your cousin's Nicholas Cage, it doesn't matter uh, as long as you're doing the work and you're further along the process than maybe someone else is. And you're able to give them something to help them on their journey. And I think that's really what all that matters. And again, checking the ego right so it's like you are you are uh, holding those little those little nuggets back you know from receiving some high quality uh techniques you know of uh an art process i think you would crush it you need to do thanks it. i'm like i'm excited now i need this to happen i am doing a marketing summer camp for like high schoolers because they really want to learn marketing so i'm going to be teaching them like content strategy and all that so we're doing something. I'm getting in there, but 
I will throw up before I teach because <laughs> I'm like, I don't know if they like, I'm going to walk in. They're going to be like, who is this woman? And then I'm just going to be like, all right, I'll see myself out. <laughs> see, how was the weekend uh, retreat? Uh, I don't know. I blacked out. <laughs> I woke up in my car on, on uh, Sunday night. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> and like, there's something, I don't know, really fun about like letting yourself be freaked out in the mystery of it and being like I have no idea how this happened it just did and I mean like creating these like short films or like creating the scripts I feel like there's an element to that of like I have no idea how it's gonna work out and like as you're editing you're just like um yeah I don't know how this is all gonna come together but it always does and like that that's something I'm like jealous of you about with like getting to do films is because like there's so many like puzzle pieces in this and it's just like somehow some way by act of God or creation or something it all like creates this piece (laughs) god it's it's like filmmaking is oh it's the worst uh it's like but that's how I know I'm meant to be a filmmaker because I like it, it sucks so bad but it makes zero sense but I have to do it and so I'm like, if if you know you're you're an artist and you're meant to do something when you know it's just so dumb and but you just you can't see yourself doing anything else. So uh, but yeah, you're like what you're saying is like that is the beautiful power of asking, because if you make a film and you have a crew and a budget and a schedule, your back is against the wall now. Like you made the investment, you're in it now. So you so what the hell are you going to do to make this a reality? And the thing about filmmaking, and I'm sure with art, your your art as well, is that it never turns out the way that you have it in your head, and you kind of have to go into it knowing that that your the goal is not just to get it as close as you can to what's in your head, and then as you're filmmaking, you're just your goal is just to get the movie done. So just like get to that point of getting it done. But I think like there's so many crazy stories on film sets just to get the movie done, or unexpected things that happened, or you know, random people that you had to ask or or whatever, but you made it work and you made it happen because your back was against the wall. You had to do it. And I think, you know, the big question, the big thing I push for people is, you know, what is your, you know, metaphorical film project for yourself? Like we don't have bosses for our own personal goals in our lives. We don't have teachers for our own personal goals in our lives. Like we have to feel like our back is against the wall and ask and put ourselves out there and, and make it happen. Like we had a film called city lights and, uh, we needed a, a Mexican restaurant and our budget was like $5,000, which is nothing for filmmaking. And uh, we had no idea how we we're going to make this movie. And we're already so stressed and like oh, the first location fell through. And so we had to have uh, someone on our crew who is, oh, it's kind of a mess, but he was hooking up with this lady who was married but her family are owned... you outing someone <laughs> no i'm not saying you know it's whatever but uh you know it's uh, no one knows what the film is but uh you know it's it's essentially you know we ended up getting that location because her family owned a mexican restaurant so um you just never know you never is know is that but the one where that. i was a ghost <laughs> no no there's no mexican restaurant now yeah so uh d as a as a credit as, as a as a ghost in one of the movies uh called maria it's i on- also did the audio at one point so i was on sound <laughs> that is true that was so wild that was like me 
like poking at the bear of making movies. Like I was still kind of very apprehensive of, of doing it. Uh, I was like shy filmmaking, uh, but you were amazing. Thank you so much for your help. Thanks. Please. No, I think that's my favorite part of like seeing that because <laughs> it's just like when you want to do something and you have a vision, you're going to have a lot of people like, I just wanted to be a ghost <laughs> 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 and you get so nervous because you're like, I don't know how I'm going to make this. And you're like, then you have someone like D who's just like, <laughs> yeah, just I'll do it. I don't know. Put this sheet over your head and just flail around. You know, that's uh, let's just do that. I don't know if we have it in there. I think I cut it. I, yeah, I it's fine. Yeah, it, it, you know, good job. But, you know, directors. Cut. <laughs> well, because I remember I was just like creeping because <laughs> I didn't know how to how do ghosts walk. <laughs> you look like just an old grandma going to get like like just mustard in the fridge or something you're just like walking with a blanket over yeah cold granny just like oh i'll go here yeah yeah no that was fun (laughs) (laughs) but yeah it's funny to see the progression of the filmmaking you know it's like uh and and just moving forward because yes i was very like apprehensive in making that project we made that for like zero dollars but yeah yeah and how was like what is the difference for you because i've seen you with both like filmmaking versus show writing are two very different things for you and I remember when you were in that workshop I think you mentioned him I can't remember his name but that was like it was so difficult for you to sit through that and I know like one of your dreams it might not be your dream right now at the moment but it was like to be a producer for film and when you took this workshop with writing, it was that feeling of like, I fucking hate this. <laughs> but then it ended up being like such a beautiful thing. And I think like if you want to talk about the show a little bit, like that first episode, because that's been a story that's kind of been with you for a long time. And I think it is reflected in a lot of your work of like creating that teenage, like not angst, I don't want to say, but also that community with it. And what is the purpose of your filmmaking versus show writing, I guess? Yeah, I, I so yeah, I joined this uh, TV writing workshop, which is a great program, and I was shocked to even get in it. Uh, but it was like super intensive, and we had to make like original pilot in like less than three weeks, which was is insane. And then you're going on uh, <laughs> you're going on Zoom calls for two to three hours every single night. Uh, and I remember it was during the month of June. It was like June and July, uh, uh, but I had two trips planned, one to Puerto Rico and one to Vegas. So every single night on both of those trips, I had to like stop what I was doing and go do these Zoom calls. But yeah, it was super difficult and hard. But, um, you know, I made me, it made me, what I loved about that program, it forced me to be my authentic self. Um, I could only write the way I can write. So the script I wrote, was uh derived from you know my sister who had cancer and it's a very similar family dynamic that i have and my sister is a hell raising foul mouth girl and she was that when she had cancer and and it's like you know i want to tell like a comedy of a girl who is like this hell raising foul mouth badass who just beat cancer and now she goes back to school and everyone's treating her like like an angelic like inspiration she just wants to be a normal kid again and so, you know, I have this person and very much inspired by my sister and the comedy is funny and it's just there. And, and a lot of people loved it. And that got me my first room at, at Disney Plus. Um, and uh, 
it, it just showed to be, you know, um, my authentic self. And it made me appreciate TV writing. It really showed that like, yes, I'm a comedy writer. Like I'm a, I have a comedic voice that's, that's different. And I think it gave me my confidence to be more my authentic self when I go into rooms. And for the longest, you kind of feel like you have to fit the script of what they want to perceive you as or what like what is a TV writer or a filmmaker or like whatever. And then there's you. And 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 what's super important is to be you. Um, and so I think I, I really found a lot of appreciation of the TV writing. And it's super different from filmmaking because filmmaking it's physical you're there you're producing it it's money it's you know lights and camera and action with tv writing you you're by yourself or at best you're in a writer's room and writing these ideas and pitching you know scripts and 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 jokes and stuff but um yeah all of it was there to serve me and my creative purpose but i think ultimately it it just all of it is just a reminder to just be my most authentic self um and uh you hear that so much but God damn, it's so true. Like I, I did the Disney plus room and I was so nervous because like, this is my first professional gig. And I was like, I, oh, I don't know what to do. And for so many moments of my life, I would just be quiet and play it safe and, and all that. And I'm like, no, I have to be me. I'm silly. I'm dumb. I, I, whatever I'm throwing it all out there and I did it and I stood out and um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with the show, but it's so important to just, put you know your best authentic self like in whatever you do like there, there's if you try to be like everyone else you, you, you so many people are gonna look past you you know like they're looking for something different you know that and, and it's really important to be your authentic self so and you're collaborating is it on a film or is it another show uh okay. i'm collaborating oh i'm writing a script with my buddy henry yeah it's nothing like official official but yeah we're we're hopefully pitching it and stuff but uh what yeah. has that process been like versus like you're writing by yourself and you're yeah. having me be a ghost <laughs> <laughs> i know yeah so there's something about yeah the writing with others versus writing with yourself i i actually really love it uh i thought i would not enjoy it um but there is something about you know, our art is, is there's no, it's not math. It's not like, okay, one plus one equals two. That's the equation. Like creativity is, there's no real answer. You just think this is the right way to go about it. But so it's really good to have someone else kind of question you that you trust to be like, oh, maybe we do this instead, you know, and maybe, maybe we do that or maybe we do whatever, you know. So it, it was, it's really great to have a second pair of eyes that you trust to kind of look over your creative process and you guys build it together and there's something about two people like agreeing on something or a room of people being like, okay, yeah, let's do this. Um, and it gives you that extra level of reassurance that you would, maybe you question yourself a little bit when you're writing on your own and it really takes you to send it out to people to get their thoughts, but it's nice to have it in real time and kind of build it and cultivate it. Um, so yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually pretty fascinating. It's going to be pretty, it's, it's going to be funny. Uh, we have, we have a lot of ideas planned. So seeing like where you go in the future, starting from like, originally you were like, I want to be a producer. I want to make movies happen. I want to make stories. Where do you see that moving? Do you want to focus on comedy writing or do you see multiple films or do you wanting to do TV shows? 
What's your yeah. life going to be like? I know I have so many things going on. I, it's, it's that's the hard thing. I try. I've been trying to streamline my my brand. So it's like I always say, like, yeah, I'm a I'm a writer, director in TV and film, and also I am the owner and and founder of a personal wellness brand and co- and coaching program. So, you know, I, I'm always going to have self hype. I I want to cultivate a community around the country uh, of just the new wave of BIPOC uh, uh, young individuals that normalize personal development, digital entrepreneurship in their community. And I want to do that through IRL coaching experiences, through um, big ass self-hype conventions. I just imagine Bad Bunny playing and then me going up on stage and just like delivering just sermons. But that aside, filmmaking career wise, I just want to be able to tell stories, man. I, I want to be able to direct projects that excite me that you know my family in the midwest can see and be like damn eli did that and that was really dope um and stuff that like my 15 year old self wish that he could see um like to see people like myself in world in the worlds of sci-fi horror uh you know in different genres is something that's really important to me so you know if i want to make those features i want to uh direct and write for tv i want to have a production company and bring in other artists and their scripts and sell them to distributors and streaming services and all that like i want to be able to be that person for others that i want to be that person that i wish i had coming up that's always going to be my goal so you know i want to be able to be that filmmaker be able to help other younger people come up and then eventually create a production company and then really get the ball rolling and cultivating more projects and, and normalizing the stuff that we want to see on screen uh, more more often. So, yeah, features, TV, film, speaking stages, all that. The inevitable future, man, it's going to happen. Already okay. kind of do it. So <laughs> it's, just a matter, it's just a matter of time. And are you still speaking at like high schools? Uh yeah no I'm still speaking uh okay colleges all right D I just sorry spoke, okay, so sorry okay spend Penn State last year okay thank you very much uh no yeah I definitely definitely I so many different things uh, that I uh, that I that I'm doing but yeah whatever I could do to give value you know if it's you know speaking if it's uh workshops you know IRL or digital uh I'm here for it so uh, I'm staying active and. You know, all these pursuits, I just want it to get bigger and bigger impact. You know, that's the goal. Are you still scared of everything? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's fear is like my my homie now. Like fear is my homie. Fear is the it is the direction I need to go in. Like if I'm too cozy and comfortable, I'm I'm not doing enough. Like I need to be a little freaked out. That TEDx talk, I was scared as hell. You were there. You know, we ate a bunch of hot pot, which I deeply regretted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you fell asleep. <laughs> I fell asleep eating hot pot. No, waiting for hot pot. And then oh like- my god, you see there? You go. Oh yeah, I was exhausted. Jesus, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's it's. I'm always scared. Everything that I do makes me scared. I, I'm. I, I everything I want to do, I want it to be scary. You know, that's how I know I, I'm growing. I'm growing. Like growing is is reaching a level that you've never been before and it's very unknown. So yeah, everything I do, it has to be scary. It, it has to be, or else I'm going to get bored. <laughs> That's very true. I think, I mean, it's a cliche, but <laughs> I've heard a lot of people saying like, you have to feel a little bit cringy. Otherwise 
you're not pushing yourself and I'm like that's too true because uh, I'll post something I'm like oh I hate this and then it always works out see I yeah that's the curious that you you the fact that you even have a podcast is, is pretty impressive and you creating your reels and really showing a lot of you like like you I remember your social when you didn't even show your face, you know, that's you didn't even exist. And now you're really embracing Rebel Moon and your brand and all that. Like, this has been a really great process to have the world look at you. It's been funny just because like, I'll go back to New York and my parents like, don't believe it because they're like, you're too shy. What are you talking about? And I was like, actually, <laughs> wow. I'm not that shy, surprisingly, turns out. Um, yeah. And it's always like, I'm a little cringe about it. Like, instead of saying I'm going to do a podcast today, I tell people like, oh, I have a call later because <laughs> I'm still a little embarrassed to be like, I'm recording a podcast today. <laughs> and I've been trying to open myself up and like some people at work have become listeners and like, that is, Hey, <laughs> that's wow. been amazing. And very kind, like to, for people to take their time to actually listen to like, conversations with people I really like idolize and are proud of and it's like really cool that like these people I know these people and it's great but when they talk to me about it in person I'm like it's a secret don't tell <laughs> don't talk about it like we don't talk about fight club I don't want this <laughs> um, so I think it's similar with you like the first time someone was like Eli I want a picture like you probably were like what the fuck <laughs> yeah it was really, yeah, it's really nerve wracking a bit, you know, putting yourself out there. I still feel that way. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people roll their eyes, you know, and probably say their little side things or whatever. Um, but, you know, it's it's that's the thing, though. It's like you're complaining that you're not getting opportunities or people don't know about your stuff, but you're not putting it out there. You know, you want to be the cool artist and just have things happen. Ain't no one coming to save you. Uh, you know, ain't no one coming down to like you know, this multi-millionaire person is not going to find you at Chipotle and say, oh my God, you're amazing. You're, you're it. You know, it's like, it's not going to happen. So it's hard enough as it is. So like we're in this digital space and all this is become is going to become norm of, of advertising yourself, you know, in inevitably. So, you know, you got to get, get on it now. So, yeah. And it always is a little cringy. I, I, I'm like, I'm my worst when I'm trying to raise money. I'm so annoying. Uh, but that's what you got to do. And I've completed, I've what raised money for three movies and I've hit my goal every single time, you know, it's because I am cringy, you know, you have to be a little cringe. You have to push yourself to get it done. I must, I will. Um, you said something else at the end there. I wanted to speak on. What'd you say? Do you remember what you said at the, at the end of your response? Nope. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Like I said, I black out. <laughs> you don't even remember this conversation, dude. After I do this, I am done. No, <laughs> I think it's just um, like it makes me nervous when people talk about it or like start listening. And that's that's what I kept talking about. Like, people oh, yeah. Work. Yeah. You have people you have people at work like listening to your stuff. That's like super cool. Wow. Like that's 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 legit. I mean, that's that that's like really like the fact that they want to listen to your voice even though they see you every day you know they want to they want more of d you know that's how you know there's there's something there like you're you're, you're and, it, and it makes it like it is kind of cringy because you know them but it's like it's kind of cool like that someone like like 
like messes with you like that. Like I remember I did was doing my podcast and there's this woman from like France and she just commented like, I love listening to this on my walks. And I'm like, there's some random French woman just walking around Paris, you know, listening to my voice, talk about something. And that's just her thing every week. And that's so that like blew my mind. That's like so cool. And that never would have happened before unless I in this digital space and unless like I put myself out there. Um, so, yeah, it's it's all it's all pretty fascinating stuff. Yeah, there's like something to be said about just like, I don't know, I'm I'm bad at it a lot of the time, but like finding gratitude and like you and I have both struggled with that because we are all we are both people who are just like, we need more like there's we have to keep going and there's no like slowing down and being like, oh, I am on the journey like I am on the path. I'm not searching for anything right now, like it's happening. And yeah, like me posting all my art and stuff. I was like, why can't Bradley Cooper come find me and be like, your voice is amazing. Let's start a band or like (laughs) (laughs) someone that I really care about sees my art and they're like, oh, I want that in my house. Like, that's what I want. But like, that's never going to (laughs) happen. It'll be a great movie. I mean, when you want to write my life story, go for it. Like you come cast Bradley (laughs) Cooper in it. That'd be great. Well, I will say this. It's never going to happen unless you DM Bradley Cooper like, hey, listen to my music or uh, at Bradley Cooper while pushing out your music consistently or create I love Bradley Cooper. I want to eventually make a band with him as your handle, you know, and make a bunch of music like it's not he's not going to just find you out of nowhere. It takes doing the work, you know, to make it happen. Like I I DM'd um, a director he created a Vampires in the Bronx, which is a, a film that very much uh, is something I would in the realm of what I would want to make. And I shot him a DM like, hey, man, you're Dominican from New York. I'm Chicago. I'm Puerto Rican from Chicago. Love to connect with you, whatever. I didn't think he was going to reach out. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm making a movie in Puerto Rico right now. Uh, let's let's chat in a couple weeks. OK, going to talk to that guy now. So, uh, you know, it, it doesn't hurt to ask and, and it doesn't hurt to put yourself out there because he's probably looking at me and seeing if I'm legit. If I had a bunch of twerk videos that I had or I wasn't doing anything, he's probably like, ah, maybe this guy isn't serious. But it had to take me putting myself out there in that way for him to be like, OK, yeah, let's let's have a conversation. So um, and that's that's. Yeah. And what we're doing is so like difficult and hard, you know, it's like if we're accountants, if we if we managed a Chipotle, our lives would be just way more normal and and, and easy. You know, it's like, damn, queso went bad. Oh, dang, that's hard. <laughs> that would have been the hardest thing that day. I don't know why I brought up Chipotle so much in the conversation. You're probably but... hungry, huh? No, actually, I think someone got evicted or they left before the eviction happened. And but they ordered Chipotle by Uber Eats, my neighbor across the hall. So there's been Chipotle just sitting there for like four days. And I'm getting worried now that the squirrels are going to get into it. So damn, you might as well. Yeah. So that's currently what's happening in my life. I'm doing so much, D. I have so much going on. (laughs) But that happened too. Like, I mean, that just goes back to your TEDx talk because that is about like cultivating community very intentionally. Like I took that and I was like, okay, one of my dreams is like creating an album cover one day for bands. And I was like, wrote out all of my favorite bands and Young the Giant is up there. And so I went through their stuff and I was like, it's great to follow Young the Giant, but like who's making their shit? And so I found some of the designers that have made their posters and 
um, merchandise and I DM'd them. And one of them, we had a whole Zoom call for like two hours and it was amazing. And I have like, I've made my website and sent it to them. And they were like, yeah, Young the Giant wants um, someone to make their content for them. And like, it didn't work out at the time, but I was like, me and Young the Giant in the same sentence is insane. So like, it, as long as you're doing the work and like Jacob Collier is someone who I love too. Um, he's a musician. He talks about that all the time. Like no one is going to want to work with you until you're already doing it. Like no one's going to give you the big break. It's like you're already achieving it. So now people want to like jump on the wagon. Um, right. So it's just like, what can you do? And like creating movies, it would be nice to have $20,000 to make a movie, but like you can still do it with nothing. And like, you can still do it with like a hundred dollars or wherever you can. And again, like that's building your community. Maybe some dude is like having an affair with a woman and you get the restaurant. <laughs> like it's literally all about who, you know, but like not in the way that people villainize it. It's like, no, it's all about who, you know, but like these connections are important and kind of taking time to identify who's in your life. And like, also where you're putting your energy, it's really hard. And like, that's been the biggest lesson in my twenties is finding like who just doesn't fit anymore. And like, that's okay. Um, but you don't have to keep people around if you don't see that connection, like growing both of you and like you and I, our connection, it's like, oh, we're both kind of like on the up and up, you know, <laughs> we're both seeing each other through that. And like, it's just cool to have people that you can see those phases with. Yeah, it's super beautiful. I mean, it's yeah, to, from meeting you for the first time and having you just meet my friends. And I'm like, this girl don't know nobody. She's going to over here. She didn't get beat up by a hobo if I don't like get her some some community or whatever, you know, and, uh, you know, some friends you really enjoyed other friends, you know, weren't weren't the best. And, you know, you just you cultivate your community through that. And it's like I I wanted to give you a sense of some sort of community and some sort of friendship. And, you know, uh, I, I, I feel blessed to be able to be your friend and to see your progress, uh, like in yourself as a human being, but also in your art and, and your content. And it's, I think it's been highly reflective of your personal progress of where you've been and where you're at now. And it, and it just shows your confidence and, or at least uh, your, 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 your level uh, of putting yourself out there, knowing of you have this higher self-worth where, you know, you, you, maybe it is scary, but you do it anyway, kind of thing, right? Um, I think it is is really important, and, and yeah, it's it's like that's the thing. It's like everyone says, yeah, it's like who you know, yeah, it it, it is. That's what it is. And and there, there's one thing to do the work, and like yeah, maybe someone will find it. That's dope. And then there's scary asking. There's scary networking. There's doing the scary stuff that 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 is uncomfortable, and that's the stuff that a lot of people don't want to do. Some people make the movies because it's fun and it's enjoyable. It's hard, but they do it. But then they don't reach out to anyone. They don't like send that DM like, "Hey, you should look at my film, X person," or "Hey, look at this work," or "Look at this," or "Look at you know." Like the, everyone is is so accessible now, you know, and it's kind of wild who you could reach out to and who you could connect with, and the fact that you had that story right there. It's pretty impressive. Like, say you did that to like 50 bands, you probably could have had at least one that you could have worked with in some capacity. Maybe it wasn't Young the Giant, but you work with that band and then that you connect with another band and then another band, another band, and then Young the Giant sees you worked with like eight, nine other artists. 
maybe they're cool with one artist and they'll be like, yo, dope. Okay, work on our next thing. You know, uh, but are you doing the scary asking it, it is what it is, you know, and, and that's how you become friends with people. So that's, that's a big thing. So scary ask, find your voice and get curious. Those are your three takeaways. <laughs> okay, the curious thing was you mostly, but okay, I sorry. it. But yeah, <laughs> what sure. What excites you? <laughs> I like, yeah, do the damn thing. You don't, it's never, it's never as graceful as you want it to be. It, it, you know, it's just get through the freaking door, slugging or thugging. You know, that's the, through the, no matter what we get through the door, that's all that matters. You just Can have we make to you that. shirts that say that? <laughs> slugging or thugging? Yeah. Either way we get through the door. That's, that's, that's what it is. That's the big thing. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And uh, I just, my intentions are good and it's bigger than me. And that's what I'm going off of. And a lot of people believe that. And uh, I'm scared and I'm trying things and I don't know what the hell is up or down sometimes, but I just keep showing up. So uh, if you could do that for yourself and have a mission that people could get behind, you know, you could cultivate your own community pretty easily. It's just it's just authentic consistency at that point. So authentic consistency and yes, being curious, definitely. I don't know. When we talk now, I'm just like, oh, this makes sense. <laughs> Wait, Everything what? makes what sense doing? where we're at right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, definitely. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's and it's cool to have friends like you that are so introspective and and like get it uh, on like that human kind of level and to see me and to see my progress and to see everything that I've been doing on a personal and professional level. And it's crazy how it's so correlated in that way. Um, yeah. Is, and those similarities like of our mindsets, I think is really important to see because like it can get so exhausting, like keep pushing and pushing and not seeing like how that goes. But I've even talked to people where they're like seeing you just try things with no expectation of like where it will go is really inspiring and I think that's that mindset that both of us have kind of cultivated of like I have this idea and maybe it is from the frustrations of like seeing creations not be what we envision well I don't know where it comes from but like this idea of like I have this vision of what I want but I'm just gonna go towards it and see where I land like it's not necessarily like a bad thing or it doesn't have to look that way but yeah I think it's important to see that and yeah that's all I have to say <laughs> <laughs> it's important to see that yes you know you know it definitely it, it it definitely is it's uh yeah it's 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 a wild ride and that's yeah yeah we're all gonna just gonna look back and just be like man that was that was fun that was yeah. it that was a trip and to have like we have very different like upbringings and life stories and things. And like, we still come together on like our values. And I think that's also really important. And that's kind of the thing of like, if you're ever feeling like triggered from other people, cause you're like, I want that life or I want to do those things. Or like, I want to take those chances. It's like, we kind of all have the same value of like pushing ourselves, going scary, like to scary places and like really caring about that experience and not just like the outcome um yeah I think yeah it's it's that well we are a community like we're talking about community we're a community it's like it's us together I want to hold yeah, your hand a community of two yeah it's like, <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of nerds yeah no uh, we're, uh yeah well it's like because we vibe right we're, we're talking about authentic relationships authentic connection you know and 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 we be, we've been friends for a very long time I mean yeah how old were you when we first met again 20 
23. You were 27, just turned 27. Okay, 27. Oh my God. So yeah, so many things could have gone wrong in that friendship. We were babies. <laughs> yeah, babies, insane. But it, it's like, but that's the thing though. Like it's it, like we connected it in an authentic way. And it's like, you don't have to like, like get us or understand us and you could have your own community, you know, like if you work at Chipotle and you, all you care about is the queso not going bad. Awesome. Find your community of people that care, care about that stuff. You know, it's like, and it's not, you know, as long as it's like you're, you're real to yourself and, and you don't settle for less and, and you, you just want to cultivate and be active in the people that, that, that give you light and that you want to keep working with. Like that's, that's really all that matters that like the people around you is like is such a big indication of your quality of life it's 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 insane the roommates that i've had bad have been the worst moments of my life good has been some of the best but uh yeah it's those people around you is so freaking key on your own progress and your own um where you're at in your life so yeah and being friends with people that you're kind of jealous of i think <laughs> yeah a little jealousy i guess isn't bad yeah that's that's not the worst thing either yeah i think that's important at least for me that's important because i'm like people are making more or they're doing something that i want to do or they're traveling or all of that then i'm just like wow i'm jealous of the person this person i kind of want to be them so like i'm gonna be friends with them <laughs> oh yeah yeah iron sharpens iron you know like i want to be around a bunch of like multi-millionaires i want to be around people that know stuff that i don't know that are doing things that i'm not doing like i i um it, it intrigues me like i make it a point to to use my social media to ask for things the things that i want and i i've been sharing kind of my process and when, and, and people have been messaging me like hey i can help you with say how to get a book deal how to sell a podcast how to do these things and i end up finding people and being friends with people that uh have sold a podcast or has a six-figure book deal or doing these things and I'm like man that is like that would be the dream I'm so like god I want to be there uh and and rather than being angry or upset or like comparing myself and downing myself I'm like I'm just gonna ask them so how'd you do it you know how like help because that is gonna help you and then in terms of filmmakers I used to be so jealous and upset and angry and I let it destroy me if someone got a win or whatever and now I'm so excited when my community or someone gets it. Like, I remember there's a filmmaker guy. He uh, sold a script to Lionsgate and had a big deal and everyone was angry and kind of talking crap about him just to make themselves feel better. I was so happy about this guy because I'm like, man, if someone that I know that's a friend could sell a film that is in my proximity, that just adds more shine to me and, and reminds me that it's possible because I've seen his come up that I can do it too. And then also I could reach out to this guy and see how he did it. You know, that's the beauty of it. If you know someone who's crushing it at life in a certain way, pick their brains. That's the quickest way to know how to get to that level. But you have to like not let it destroy you or, uh, you know, like be, be at a space of like that. There's good jealousy and then there's like unhealthy, you know, jealousy. And you want to be on the healthy jealousy. Yeah. My therapist <laughs> told me recently, like, Instead of saying like, oh, I'm happy for you or I'm proud of you to ask like, oh, how did you do that? That's amazing. Or like, where did you expand in that situation? And kind of asking like curious questions about their experience rather than just saying like, oh, I'm so happy for you. Because like, what does that do? It doesn't, it just kind of is feels like this disingenuine interaction of like, 
oh, I feel like I have to be happy for them. It's like, no, why are, be curious about people in your life and be curious about their journey and their story. And like, that's why I started the podcast too, is because I have all these people that I really like admire. And I'm just so curious about like their experience with it. And I think that's what's important and in like understanding and hearing, like there's so many ways to live. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really important. That's cool that she, that your therapist said that. And and I think there's something about asking questions, which is really appreciative. Like I, I, it's, it's interesting. Like there's, there's people that I've talked to in my life that I'll share like a big win that I had or whatever, or like filmmaker friends. I'm like, I'll be like, yo, I got into a Disney room. Like I'm working for Disney right now. And they'd be like, oh, cool. Cool. It's great. Sick. Sick. I'm like, okay great you know you don't want to ask me about it how'd you how did it happen how'd you do it or even for yourself like damn bro what like give me the details or even just be like yeah so how how is it how's it going or whatever like I've learned that it kind of sucks kind of hurts but also I think it's like more on them than me so I don't take it as hard it's like oh okay clearly this is upsetting you because we came up together so I'm just it's fine you know uh it's like my family my family doesn't know what the hell I'm doing still you know, but it would be nice if someone asked questions once in a while and be like, hey, I, I made this movie. Oh, that's nice. That's nice. You made a movie. That's cool. You know, that's great. But um, I think, yeah, questions goes a long way. Just, I mean, to reiterate what you keep saying, like asking your community and asking questions is like the door that you're searching for. Like, that's the only way it's going to happen is to keep asking. It's really important. And I feel like no one does it and I don't get why <laughs> everyone's just like, oh, I can't ask anything. Cause like, I don't want them to feel like I'm using them. And it's like, you can use me. <laughs> yeah. Everyone. Wa- and then at the baseline of it, everyone wants to talk about themselves. That's one thing I learned, especially in this film industry is like, you know, asking for coffee with someone, I was so nervous about it. But then I real, uh, then I had people tell me, Eli, it's this is a part of the industry. It's normal. Like if someone at you get asked for coffee or someone asks you for coffee, that's just how this game works. They're expecting you to ask for coffee. So I'm like, I got over that real quick. Uh, just and it's still kind of scary because if it's a big wig or something, you know, there's people that on my list that I need to ask for coffee and I'm still kind of nervous about, but I need to do it. Um, but yeah, that's the that's the uh, best way to do it. And I think it comes down to like, like a lot of people don't do this stuff and it's so simple, but it's like, I think it comes down to their own like confidence in themselves, right? It's like, it's, it's if you're down in the dumps, if if you're pessimistic, if you feel like you're not worthy or if you deserve this stuff, you're not going to ask for it. Like that's, like I heard a line, I forgot who said it, but like it was manifestation like the universe doesn't give you what you want. It gives you what you are. And that really hit me where it's like, wow, yeah, it's not asking for a million dollars. It's being a million dollars and moving and taking action and through that, like your million dollars. And that is where people see that and feel that that is where you go take actions that correlate to that energy. But how do we get to that point is really what it is. Um, and and I think that's that's the hard thing because a lot of people won't do it because they feel they don't deserve it or they're not worthy of it. And um, I think just I have to get through that wall first, which is why I do this coaching stuff. It's like you got to get through that wall first if you want what you want. You know, like how do we get through that wall? That's yeah, all. there's. 
I mean, it's really cool, but like, have you ever just lost your keys and you can't find them? And then all of a sudden they're on the fucking table, like as you leave and you're like, well, how did I not see that? And it's because like, when you're in the mindset of like, oh, my keys are lost, then your brain is looking to prove your brain right of like, oh, this is lost. So we can't see it. We're not going to see it. And like, your brain is always looking for opportunities to prove you right. So if you're constantly focusing on like, oh, I don't have this thing. How do I get it? Like, it's so far away from me. You're always going to be in that mindset of like, I don't have it. So I'm in lack of it. And it's just so interesting. Cause like, you can't see your nose. If we saw our nose all the time, it'd be horrible. <laughs> like, but I can't see your nose. I could kind of see my nose. I mean, you can see it. Like your nose is always in your peripherals, but your brain blocks it out because uh-huh. like, Oh my God, you're right. If it was, <laughs> if you walk through your entire life seeing your nose, we'd get really fucking annoyed. So knowing that it's like your brain is always blocking something out and there's always a part of it that you're not seeing. So allowing yourself to play with like that opportunity of like, there might be something I'm not witnessing and I'm focusing on like how I don't have it when like, maybe it's like my nose and I'm just not seeing it right now. So moving through life of like, if you want a million dollars of like, okay, who am I to be someone who has a million dollars and like living it that way? That doesn't mean go spend all of your money. It's just like, (laughs) what qualities does a millionaire in your mind have that you think you don't have? Or like, if you want someone in a relationship and Like, I mean, that's something I struggle with because I'm like, I don't see myself in a relationship. What do you mean? And then it comes down to like, well, what qualities of a person in a relationship am I afraid to embody? And that's kind of where it is. And this fear of like, I mean, fear of rejection is very real. And I think you have a lot to teach on that not because you're always rejected (laughs) (laughs) you know me taking all the l's you know left and right that's part of like the industry you're in and like being an entrepreneur and knowing that like like you have a workshop and it doesn't do the best that doesn't mean that you're a failure it just means like what you said at the beginning like i'll tweak it and get better and i think I want you to talk about that a little bit of like having this mindset of like, I'm growing and it's not failing. Those are two different things in my life. Yeah, that's, that's, that's uh, the huge thing. And, you know, it, it, it comes through like practice. I think all this comes down to practice. You know, you start to learn any new skill, you're going to suck at it. You, you, you know, just like going to the gym, just like meditation, just like anything. It's like, and it takes that practice of, you know, okay, I know what it's like to let one L impact me and stop my progress. And it keeps me just exactly where I am now. And, and, you know, I'll, I'll never, I'll never know. And I think, I think what kind of helps with that is social media, actually. I think I've, my job was trying to achieve success on social media every single week. So if we had a video that hit 1.5 million views in a week, oh, hell yeah, I'm the shit. And then the next week it hits 500,000. Oh man, that blows. But then you realize just life keeps going. And in order to know how to get another million views again, you have to understand why the 1.5 did well and why the 500,000 did bad. 
And both of those are serving you equally where it's like, okay, 1.5 million, we did X, Y, and Z. Now we can know we could add this to the formula of what works for us. Oh, that one didn't do well. Okay, let's break it down and discover the data of why this doesn't work out and let's make this work for us. But you just you have to create both of those are serving you. So if if we uh you know, I create a workshop and it doesn't do the best, okay, great. Let's figure out how this the XYZ and what works well. Um, and I think going having the trial and error of social for so long and, and I understood that, you know, it's all data collecting um, to create a system that works for you. And um, a lot of people in terms of social media, they think it's a lottery system. They think they're one post away from being a multimillionaire figured creative whatever, but it's not. It's a freaking marathon. You know, I always say you are 100 posts away from whatever goal you want, but you have to get to 100 posts. And the hardest thing that people have is just making that one post they're adding so much pressure and value into it and they only have like four followers so it's like okay your grandma's gonna dislike it big deal okay but you have to know okay maybe it does well great keep doing this maybe it doesn't do well great okay let's do something different but the only way you're gonna achieve that success is knowing what to do and what not to do and it's normalizing failure as the process um there was um there's this 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 uh challenge that's that's being implemented with people is you know if you do not end your week having one failure you are not working hard enough you know you are not putting yourself out there enough because it should be attributed to failure it should be attributed to like at trying and going for it is attributed to failure so if, if you haven't done anything and haven't received any no's or at all then you know you better get your ass out there and try to get some rejection, uh, uh, you know, which is really important. And so I go through it, you know, I, I get so many film festival rejection letters. I get so many sales calls, people that don't want to join the program, which is okay. I get so many, like so many emails of no's and I see it. I'm like, hmm, that sucks. And I, and then I keep it moving. Uh, there are some, some opportunities that really like hit me sometimes that I really put some energy for, but, you know, I, I at least give me the baseline that I swung, I swung, I swung, I swung, because there was a moment in my life where I didn't even have a bat. So, uh, and I try to remind myself of that. So, yeah, it's all data collecting. It's data collecting to figure your, your who is going to, what is going to be your voice. Um, and you're always in beta. You're, you're always in beta. So. This might be a really weird take. <laughs> yeah, go for it. But it's pretty on brandy. Pretty <laughs> brand. Part of me wonders if, like, from my experience, it feels like, um, like straight men have a lot easier time of like facing that rejection or like asking for those big things and like getting money and like doing Kickstarters. Like, I feel like Kickstarter is a very male thing to do, and. I'm curious if it might have something to do with like every straight woman knows all of the time she's ever been rejected in her life, <laughs> like uh, from yeah, someone. Because it's rare. <laughs> yeah, like it doesn't. And I've even had friends like I am someone like I will talk to you at Starbucks. And like if I like your nail polish or if I think you made a funny joke, I will ask you to be my friend. <laughs> <laughs> and I've noticed that that's not like a normal thing. And I've had friends being like, how do you just ask women to be friends with you? And I'm like, 
why wouldn't I like that's and they're so afraid of being rejected like for friendship or rejected for I've had women like asking me like how I ask out other people so much I'm like I don't know that and I feel like men just are always swinging and they're like you don't want to have sex all right do you want to have sex and I think that's part of that mindset too I mean like there's obviously a toxic way to do it in a healthy way but I think like there is an element of maybe start asking out like your local barista more or like inviting people to be friends if you don't want like a relationship um just putting yourself out there more is kind of the easiest way to start taking more chances and I think that's kind of been the highlight or like the saving grace of me and my fear of rejection with art is like knowing how I've been rejected often with men like more than you think okay all right because and I like asking people out like I like hitting on people I think it's fun and it takes men off guard because they're not used to it. So when it happens and they're like, oh no, I'm not interested. I'm like, all right. And then I get less scared about art. And I know that's like a weird take, but whatever. <laughs> well, the thing, why D gets rejected and I keep telling her, stop doing this is she goes up to guys at bars, slaps them on the asses and say, sup toots, you know? And I'm like, D, you gotta, you, that's, you gotta switch but it it's up. So gotta, fun. Gotta, you know? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, that's really true, though. I actually, this is a challenge I give my clients, and pred- predominantly my clients are women, because women are more open to personal development work. Uh, and the biggest thing I have them do, and it's on my business week, and they, they, they every, every week there's a challenge that's going to push you out of your comfort zone, because I think if you could take big, scary action consistently for eight weeks, you could then apply it to your own life. So uh, the big thing I, I have them do in business week is ask out five people in person and their faces drop. And a lot of the people that join this program, they struggle with dating. And the one thing they don't do is go ask people out. They're just waiting for the guy to ask them out. And I tell them, this is bigger than dating. Like why men are so good in in the, in the business space or at work or whatever is because they're not afraid to ask for the promotion ask for that raise, ask for that opportunity. Mind you, there's a lot of issues there of like, you know, oh, yeah. and all that. But a big part of it is not that fear of not being rejected. And the thing is, men, since they were kids, were getting rejected because they had to. It's either like, it's a numbers game. So it's like, I if I, if, as a man, if you ask out one girl a week, you will never have a girlfriend for the rest of your life. You know, it takes the numbers game to happen or else you're, you're out of luck. And that's the way the culture is kind of set up right now. So these men are used to taking L's and putting themselves out there where then they, they then they could apply it to different walks of life. And that's why I try to instill in them that this isn't about dating and relationships. This is about you taking more control and and normalizing rejection for yourself. Because if you could own that, then you could go into work and ask for that promotion. You could go and you could take that big chance, quit that job, you know, ask for that thing that you really want. Uh, And there's no better way to do that than that very vulnerable saying, do you want this? Do you, do you want, do you want all this? Do you want this, this snackums, you know, like to add, to holler at someone is, is huge. If you could do that and build the skin, a thick skin on that, you, it's going to make your life, you know, a lot easier. Or you're going to fall in love. 
or you'll fall in love and it's going to work with you either way. You see, there's, there's a double, you know, that's, that's what it is. But, you know, more often than not, I, I've come across that with women where that, that's, it's that rejection, that rejection is so crucial because they just don't have a lot of experience in facing it. Um, so it's, it's, it's a very good skill to have. And I think the best way to do that is maybe not doing the D route and slapping asses and saying, Hey, what's up toots, but asking someone out, you know, to clarify, I don't actually, she doesn't, actually yeah, she doesn't actually slap asses, but, um, but yeah, maybe that is a practice that you want to implement for yourself. If you feel like that rejection is holding you back in other aspects. Yeah. And even if you don't want to ask people out on dates, like maybe that's not for you asking, I know someone who they want to start their day with a no. That's kind of how they live. And so like whenever they get coffee, they ask for a discount. And wow. it's just like the easiest thing to ask for. It's like scary at first because you're like, oh, I can't ask for a discount. Like that's the price. But just asking something like that. And it's a low risk thing because it's $5 coffee. Like you either get a discount or you pay the full price. There's no like, I think a lot of people that fear of rejection means you're going to lose something if you ask and get rejected. So like, you're not going to lose out on coffee. They might spit in it, but like, <laughs> yeah, that's the worst that's going to happen. <laughs> so I think that's what's important. Yeah. It's, it's cause it's like, you have this, this feeling that the world's going to end, like the, the sky's going to fall if, if you get rejected. Um, and it takes that practice and normalization of knowing the sky is not going to fall, that you're going to be okay. Yeah, your ego is going to be bruised a little bit, but it's going to heal and you'll keep it moving. And I think it's like by normalizing that practice over and over again, it frees you up by so much. I love that coffee thing because, yeah, you put yourself out there, you get rejected. Now you could ask, you could DM Jeff Bezos for a million dollars or whatever. Like you could do whatever, you know, you could slap your boss in the ass and say, I need more money or something, you know, whatever that may be. You know, that I love that little that gives you that levity in the beginning of your day that like I'm going to be in that space of, you know, seeking and asking. And, and, and yeah, um, my last question for you is fun. <laughs> it's something that I'm going to ask every guest. Um, so the reason why this podcast is called Revel and Reveal is, um, you know, when you're thugging through life, it's <laughs> it's fun to kind of like cherish the moment but also like finding those moments to cherish cherish when you're slugging <laughs> like yeah. when you're on that nasty ass couch watching horror movies with me just like crying <laughs> drinking boxed wine um and also allowing things to be revealed to you like learning those lessons and like knowing that every experience like as shitty as it can be does come with some kind of lesson or growth um, so currently, what is something that you're reveling in and what is something being revealed to you? Oh, that's wild. Okay, so so uh, so reveling is what like like I'm like struggling with or cherish. Like what do you feel grateful for? Well, what I feel grateful for and then uh, reveal is something that I'm like learning, something that you want to share with people, you know. Yeah. Um Man, one thing with the raveling, I think, I think, oh, I think it's, it's this, it's, I, I, I love, I very much appreciate just like the values that I created with, with, within myself and who I am uh, becoming or already am as, as a man and, and how I, 
want to look after and care for for others, but but also myself, my own well being, where I'm in a I'm in a constant state of questioning and a constant state of of of, of analyzation. And a very good friend, you know, reminded me of that when I was having a hard time where, you know, I felt kind of stuck in where I was going and what was like, what was really working and what wasn't. And uh, the fact that I was even having that conversation with myself shows that I'll never stay stuck in a situation that I'll always find my way out of and always progress or always end up in a space that I need to be. So that's something I'm really grateful for and appreciate. And I also appreciate that person who told me that too. It gave me that reminder. It was really nice. Um, I would say uh, reveal, man, I would say with that is, yeah, there is beauty in the mundane. Uh I think I've never had this much peace before. And it's something really different uh, where I, before the pandemic, I was living in LA, I was traveling. I was, I was like, it's turning up at some Las Vegas event uh, in January before the pandemic hit. I was going to Chicago to shooting videos. Like my life was a constant party. Uh, although I wasn't happy. And now I, like I said, I'm a house husband and I'm in the forest essentially. And there's so much peace that that's in my life that I feel more whole than ever before. And I think there is some big revealing of, of the, these last couple of years of, you know, there, there's a lot of beauty and progress and growth, even when there isn't a big party going on. And uh, I think that's something that I, I wouldn't have uh, been revealed to me if it if it didn't um my life didn't go its course so uh i'm i'm appreciating the silence and the sound and and, and knowing that it's a gift uh in all different shapes and forms so um i would say that's one thing too oh <laughs> <laughs> it just like makes my cheeks hurt like hearing you now okay um <laughs> oh i know d saw it all d saw it all Saw it all. It's been, I like love when I met you. I think it's really important that we met when we were little babies <laughs> <laughs> because it's just now like seeing where we are right now and knowing like how much more is to come for that. It's like, oh, this is going to be so cool just to like witness this person and like in every stage of every phase of their journey and not just career, but it's just like, I mean, knowing how important growth is to you in all aspects has been huge. And it's always like something I keep coming back to in our friendship of like, wow, this person like is so self-aware and like is willing to, I, there's this, you know, that ego that plays where you're just like, I don't want to say that I'm a shitty person and like. <laughs> no one is a shitty person, but to like acknowledge of like, ah, I could probably work on that. <laughs> like seeing those aspects of ourselves that like come from safety, like those traits were keeping us safe, but knowing that like, we don't need to keep them anymore. And to con like who we were when we were <laughs> like five years ago is not who we are now. And it's like, oh, I get to like reintroduce myself to this person in these phases. And like, that's cool too. So I appreciate you coming on and sharing that. 
Oh, yes. Oh, my God. It means so much to be here and it means so much to be in this space. It's been truly an honor and gift and it's been a beauty to uh, beautiful to see you uh, cultivate your own community and, and be your most authentic self and to be courageous every single day. And um, yeah, it, mean, it means a lot that you thought I could give value in, in that space that you created. So thank you for having me.